This episode of Writing Excuses is brought to you by Audible. Visit audiblepodcast.com slash excuse to start your free trial membership. Season 10, Episode 27. This is Writing Excuses. Why can't I just jump to the end right now? 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Howard. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. We are moving on to middles. Now, this is July. You've been working on your story for six months now. And we want to talk about those middles. Middles, I said, were the hardest part for me. Where Dan's like, oh, I can do middles all day. Middles are easy. Mm. And and I don't have any problems with middles because it's, for me, most of the book is the middle. Most of the book is the middle. Um, I know a third of the book is the middle for me. It's that middle third is how Uh, I'm viewing it. Because Mm. um, the middle is where I'm no longer doing the new thing that I'm excited about. Like starting a new book is always exciting for me. New setting, uh, new characters, new magic. The end is always exciting because I've planned it from the get-go and I've got really cool things happening and we're going to hit a point where everything changes and we ramp it up and the middle is neither of those things. Well, so our question is, why can't you just skip from the exciting beginning straight to the exciting ending? Why is the middle even there? Yep. So, Howard? Uh, typically that's because there are things that you didn't say during the beginning that you can't reveal right at the end before the exciting stuff happens. Uh, you have to, uh, Chekhov's gun, you know, you, you have not finished hanging things on the wall. You have not finished panning the camera past the, uh, past the bomb under the table or whatever. There's, uh, there are these pieces that need to be done. Uh, similarly, um, you know, in a, in a romantic comedy without the middle, uh, nobody believes that these two people can have developed any sort of relationship between just the beginning and the end. Yeah. I would say granted in a romantic comedy, I typically can't believe that they've developed a relationship even after the middle. (laughs) That's because frequently romantic comedies look like stalker films with a laugh track, Mm. but (laughs) That's a whole different conversation. No, the, the, the middle is in many ways, I think it's more difficult for me because I feel it's the most important part. Because it is where you earn that ending. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the, the example I love to use is The Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Which if we look you know, solely at Inigo Montoya, the beginning is where he sets up that he needs to get vengeance for his father. The ending is where he gets it. And the middle is honestly like 13 try-fail cycles. Right. And without all of those... I mean, that's one of the most satisfying moments of cinema history is when he finally says, you killed my father, you son of a bitch. And are we not allowed to say that? Uh, we can totally. Well, anyway, that's, not, that's not the quote. How I know, just... it's not even the quote. <laughs> but I just like saying it. The point is, he earns it. And everyone goes, yes, finally, he got what he needed. You wouldn't have that emotional reaction without those 13 failures. Yeah. Without the it. middle there, you don't have the stand-up and cheer moment. You just have the... It's just eye candy. Yeah, and, and so this is, again, where I get into the, the thing where, you know, coming from a short story background primarily, most of the story for me is the middle. It's not mm-hmm. the third. You know, it's not one third. Okay. The, the beginning and the end are the frame, and the middle is where all the conflict is happening. That's where mm. all the meaty, juicy, good stuff is happening. And the end is just where I'm like, ha-ha, I've achieved the goal that I was going for. Okay. So that's, mm-hmm. and, and I find that in a novel, for me, it's very much the same thing, that I have my, my big, 
I'm doing hand gestures as a, mm -hmm. for the, those of you watching the yes, video feed. Yes, for those feed. benefiting from the video feed. <laughs> but there's a there's a long They're arc that there. that you're going through with a novel, uh, or with a, a mm -hmm. ridiculously long serial mm -hmm. of novels, um, where there's there's one big central question that the audience mm -hmm. is is waiting to answer to, to find the answer to the, the the reason that they are buying in, mm -hmm. and for me the middle is all about your hero attempting to achieve that that goal right the struggle the struggle it so is this i would say the end point of the middle for me is when you know it's do or die time everything has you know you've done all the struggles and boom something big has changed you know the the clock has started counting down or it started ramping up and now the ending is where you know we now only have one day left or whatever. And in, in a big epic fantasy, that one day is still going to take as much space often as the middle did. Um, but our time is ramping up. That middle is where we do all this stuff that we, 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 we fail. It, we honestly, it's where you fail or I don't know. It's, it's not always the fail. So, sometimes there are successes mm -hmm. that still count as failures. Yeah. And uh, the first Star Wars movie is a good mm -hmm. example because it's very clearly split into three sections. Yeah. You have Tatooine, you have the Death Star, and then you have the space battle at the end. And their goal overall is to rescue Princess Leia. Mm -hmm. But even once they get her off the Death Star, she's not safe. Mm -hmm. And so you still have that ramp up of tension, the do or die time. They're going to blow up this planet in T minus whatever. And yeah, we watch we've the saved computer princess. screen. Now let's save a planet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something we've talked about in a previous episode, uh, the yes, but no and theory. Mm -hmm. That every time, basically your character has a goal and you are, as the author, systematically denying it to them. So they can, there are many steps that they have to take. And sometimes that they achieve the step, but things get worse. And sometimes they fail to achieve the step. And things get worse, but it's always and things things get worse. <laughs> so how do you not make that feel artificial? Well, this that's a very good question. Mm -hmm. the, <laughs> we all sit here going, man, how do you not make that's, that feel? Because <laughs> I, stories are very artificial. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got a good example because there was uh, there was a try fail cycle in a book that made me stop reading the book, which is that they were. They were, and it's it's a book that a lot of people recommended to me. But they were they were going along, and they went their path on this quest. Took them through a field of poisonous plants, and everyone was like, "Be careful! Those are poisonous plants. Don't wander off the field, the, the path." And someone wandered off the path and got into the poisonous plants, and the answer was, "Oh, don't worry, I have the antidote." And they gave them the antidote, and then they continued on their way. Nothing had changed. <laughs> and I was so angry. Don't go off the path, or you'll have to drink this tasty, tasty <laughs> liquid. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was just like, "What?" But but the point is that that this 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 the whole thing with the the poisonous plants, and there had been a lot of episodes like this leading mm -hmm. up to this. These 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 things had nothing to do. With, they were events, but they were not conflicts. They were things mm -hmm. that happened, but they right. did not relate back to the central. Try fail, but the fail has no consequences. Yeah. Exactly. They didn't push the story forward. Yeah. yeah, it didn't escalate. Yeah, you know the central question that we we led the episode with: Why can't I just skip to the end? Uh, often that question grows out of. I'm not having as much fun writing the middle as I was having the writing, mm -hmm. writing the beginning or writing the end. That's good. My yeah. solution is, you know, I know what the beginning is and I know what the end is. And uh, typically when I'm, you know, working with comics, I'm drawing pictures. I plan to draw 
fun things in the middle. I, I plan to make mm. the try-fail cycle enjoyable for me because I'm pretty sure that if I'm having a good time, the reader will have a good time. And if we come back to the poisonous plants, that may very well have been what this author was trying to do uh, without understanding that uh, fun for me doesn't mean consequence-free for the characters. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Yeah. Let's stop for a book of the week and then get back into this because I really want to talk about this idea some more. So the book of the week is something that I have recently read, which is The Goblin Emperor by Catherine Addison, and it's narrated by Kyle McCarley. And the, the thing that I like about this book a lot is that, um, you know, we, we often have the, the young person, there's a political intrigue, and then there's someone who is thrust onto the throne after having been kept in the backwaters or an orphan, mm-hmm. but we never see what it's actually like to be on the throne. And have this, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so this starts with, uh, and this is like the, the first page. Everybody dies in the imperial court, except for this one, like somebody who's 20th in line for the throne and suddenly emperor. And so, so the middle of this book is actually also the, I mean, it's, it's just, it's all just trying to deal with court intrigue and political ramifications and not knowing how Mm -hmm. any of this works. It's wonderful and really rich world building. Uh, It's just very, very meaty. Great. And you can head over to audiblepodcast.com slash excuse for a 30 day free trial membership. And download The and Goblin download. Emperor by Catherine Addison for free. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's, let's talk more about these middles. I really liked where Howard was going with this, the idea of let's make sure to make it fun. But let's make sure to make it fun while at the same time maintaining our plot. We've got to maintaining progress the plot, things. Maintaining consequences for the characters. Yeah. The tri-fail mm-hmm. cycle uh, has, to have, has to have setbacks. Yeah. Uh, because if there aren't setbacks, if there isn't pain, if there isn't... Uh, if there isn't some sort of consequence, then the stand up and cheer moment that I'm really looking to deliver at the end, uh, nobody stands See, up and cheers. I, I think part of the problem is that a lot of authors don't think of the middle as try fail cycles. You know, mm-hmm. if you're writing a mystery story, the middle is the part where they're finding clues. Mm-hmm. Yes, but really what's happening is the middle is the part where they think they've solved it, but they haven't. Right. Right. Because they found they, some clues, but not enough. They lead the reader to think, oh, it must be this person. Oh, it must be this person. And if you think of it in those terms as, okay, we've solved the... Pr- oh, no, we haven't solved the problem. Well, and, over and over. And, and the, they're finding the clues. There's also a lot of dead ends that they go down. Mm-hmm. And those are, those are the, the, a lot of the fails. Yeah. You know, a great... A great illustration of this is uh, the uh, uh, the New York Sherlock Holmes elementary mm-hmm. uh, police procedural. We all think of Sherlock Holmes as, you know, brilliant. Ah, he figured it out. If you pay attention to the middles of those episodes, he spends a lot of time frustrated because this stuff doesn't make sense. And this thing he thought of didn't work. And, uh, you know, I, I hate this person. Why? Do you think they did it? No, I hate this person because they're the wrong suspect. And it's obvious that I'm I'm wrong and I don't like this. 
And when you pay attention to that, you realize, oh, he's trying and failing all the way through the middle of this. And every one of those is clever and fun and enjoyable. Uh, but when we get to the end, it's very satisfying. You know, I have noticed a different type of storytelling that does not quite do this. Um, I've noticed, for instance, a lot of heist plots, um, if we go to the original Ocean's Eleven, are instead, here are all these impossible things we're going to do, and the middle is, we've done this one, we've done this one, we've done this one, building up to the most impossible one. And they don't fail a lot. They succeed a lot in small ways, but they are, in uh, other ways, making it grow more and more tense as you're waiting for something well, big to happen. Well, in Ocean's Eleven in particular, we think they have failed. Well, because yeah, but that's the, the heist remake, is built. But not in the original. Right. Oh, the original okay. is, is success built on success. Yes. And right. again, going back to Princess Bride, that's the same thing. Yeah. I will one by one defeat all of these people, which looks like a success, but, you know, the princess still isn't saved yet. Yeah. Yes. I, I've just realized that actually what, it, mm -hmm. what all of these try-fail cycles about and, and the end and, and all of this, what we're actually talking about is delayed satisfaction. Mm. That this is this is the treat. This is the thing that we know the reader wants, mm -hmm. and we are delaying it. That's really good. Well, You're right. Even something that's like a a thriller that is success mm -hmm. after success. What they do is, I've saved this person. Now I'm going to save the city. Now I'm going to save the world. And each one, you know, if you you read something like Battlefield Earth, which is just success after success, they get bigger and bigger and bigger, and the character can't rest mm -hmm. until the last one is defeated. Yeah, and and I think. You know, one of the reasons we get this question a lot is because in their head, they're just thinking, well, I need to delay success. No, mm -hmm. you need to be teasing success. Mm -hmm. You know, you need to be showing that it's just out of reach rather than saying, yeah, you know it's coming, but I can't give it to you yet. Yeah. You can smell dessert, but it hasn't been served yet. <laughs> I'm still worried about this feeling a little artificial. And maybe that's because we as writers can see through to the process. Um, but what is it that we do that makes it, uh, that makes it for the reader not say, oh, they're obviously going to fail this time because we haven't reached the end of the book yet? Well, I mean, you can't, unfortunately, you can't get around those <laughs> readers. Uh, one of the things that I do is that I look at it and say, okay, what is the absolute smartest thing my character mm -hmm. can do in this situation to achieve the goal that they're going for? And then... What are the unexpected ways that it can fail? You know, what are the, the ways that it can fail that they can mm -hmm. anticipate? And then I find something that I'm like, they probably can't anticipate this. And that's the thing that I throw in there. But if it looks like they are planning all of those mm -hmm. things, and the thing that goes wrong is uh, environmentally related, right. something that is plausible but out of their control. You know, this is where I think the yes but comes in. Mm -hmm. um, when I tell people about this thing that you first told to me, I'd never heard it before, the, you know, yes, uh, do they f succeed? No and, it gets worse. I, my first thought was, well, books are just a sequence of no and until you hit a yes. But it's not really. It's not. Mm -hmm. If you throw in the yes, they succeeded, but something unforeseen happened or something um, has, has grown worse because of it, that keeps us twisting. We're not expecting the yes, mm -hmm. but we're always, you know, if we're the writers, we're expecting the no and. Yeah. yeah My nine-year-old, uh, well, when he was nine, I can't remember the name of the film we were watching, but there's a moment in which the hero has a plan and he goes and executes the plan. And I turned to my, my son and I said, so do you think it's going to work? And he said, it looks like it's going to work, but if it works, we're not going to have a movie. <laughs> nine years old. Okay, mm -hmm. now here's the thing. So he can see through the form. Right. The form to him yeah. is transparent, and he's nine. But we still enjoyed the film. 
So right. in spite of the fact that there is artifice, in spite of the fact that the form is telegraphing to us where we are in the story and some of the things that are happening, mm -hmm. uh, the ride is still enjoyable. And I think that's where a lot, of, a lot of writers may run into trouble is that if you want to skip straight to the end, you're not enjoying the ride. Yeah. You do make, need to make that ride enjoyable. In fact, our writing um, exercise this week is one that I often use when I'm in this middle. As I said, the middle is often very hard for me. Um, it's sometimes because I'm getting a little bored with my setting or I'm getting a little bored with the viewpoints I've used. And I just need to shake it up a little bit for me in order to reignite that excitement. And so what I do is I look at a scene I'm planning to write coming up and I say, can I put this in a different location, something new, you know, something I've introduced. It's not like I'm moving to a new city, but the, the um, one I often use, I'm like, we've had a lot of scenes in this room. Let's go into the garden. Now, Mary, when I was talking about this, pointed out in a short fiction, particularly the shorter you get, the yeah. fewer scenes you want to use. So the, the choice for short fiction may be to take it back to a location you've already used so that you can explore that one a little bit more so you can keep it fresh. But look to something you're going to write and change up the setting from what you were planning to do to just see if it makes it a little more exciting for you. And I'm going to just say that sometimes mm -hmm. changing the setting actually means just changing the time of day. Yeah, changing the time of day. Or, you know, we've always been sitting in this room. Now we're going to be sitting in this room while dinner's being made and brought in. And there's a new set of scents. And it changes your view on this room that was in the past a stuffy comp conference room and now you know they're using it for dinner and setting out all of these and trays can smell dessert and you smell dessert <laughs> and suddenly you've refreshed the entire thing by changing something small um that's your writing exercise um you are out of excuses now go right If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long-standing and respected website, magazine archive and resource for science fiction, fantasy and horror. Basically, they're the industry magazine for our genre. They also run the annual Locus Awards, a top-tier award that recognizes new, diverse, and excellent voices in speculative fiction. They tell the storyteller's stories through author interviews, book reviews, curated reading lists, international industry news, obituaries, and more. Locus has meant a lot to me, both personally and professionally. In my career, I've been interviewed by them, and I've also turned to them as a source of understanding who is involved in the industry. Locus is holding their annual fundraising drive to keep their doors open, lights on, and future bright. I'll be contributing to their crowdfunding campaign by donating a cutscene, some original art, and a couple of other things like, do you want to do a one-on-one -on -one chat with me? So join me in supporting Locus.